Well, how many of you, if you're willing to admit it, have ever played the lottery before? Just one? A couple? A few of you. Okay. And, and how about it? Maybe you've filled out... Anybody get that publisher's clearinghouse letter in the mail? Anybody fill that out? Because you may already have won, right? How about you maybe bought a raffle ticket for something? Hoping to win big. Maybe there was a money prize or there was a car. Who knows what? We've all probably taken part in some sort of contest. Sinners. <laughs> and how many of you, just kidding, how many of you um, prayed that God would let you win that contest, whatever it was? Anybody pray for that they might win? No? Nobody willing to admit it? <laughs> I, I'm sure that somebody was praying Maybe not in this group, because you guys are all so good, but I'm sure I've, people have prayed, God, come on, if you let me win, I promise I'll tithe, you know, I'll give to missions, I'll do it. If you just let me get that big prize. And, and on all those contests, did anybody win? Anybody won a big... Oh, what'd you win? Nice. <laughs> and the rest of us are all losers. And, and, and of course... We, we didn't win for the most part because all those contests are not designed to make a bunch of winners. Those contests are designed to make money for the people running the contest, right? For the organizations that are putting it on. That's why those games are made. Why do you think the casinos are so big and flashy and, and, and fancy? And, and why do you think the lottery has millions and millions of dollars to give out? It's because all of us suckers keep pouring money into these organizations and praying for something that's never going to happen. It's kind of like if you play the lottery, if you've ever looked at the statistics that are on a lottery ticket or on one of those scratch-off cards or whatever, it's like you'll, you'll get struck by lightning ten times in a row before you'll win the lottery. That's how, that's how the statistics, how much they're against you. It's kind of like driving down the wrong side of the freeway and praying that you won't get into an accident. It's just, it's silly. And yet people keep pouring more and more money. It's like giving cash away to, to something, hoping that they're going to get something back. Of course, the real trick, if you really want to win the lottery or a big contest like that, what you really, there's, there's three things you have to do. First, go find just like an a ordinary, typical sewing needle. Then get a camel. And then convince that camel to walk through the eye of the needle. When you accomplish that, God will give you the lottery number. Right? And, the, and so it's, when you think about prayer and whatever you've prayed for, maybe you didn't pray for the lottery, but we've all prayed for, for things that we really wanted, big things. And, and, and how does it work? Does this, is prayer really about just telling God I, I'd, I'd really like this, whatever it is, this car, this house, this job? Is it just playing the odds when you pray? I've heard skeptics talk like that, 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 you know, it's most often people who don't believe that they claim that God never actually answers prayer. They say that it just so happens that, that people get things that they prayed for out of coincidence. And most of the time it doesn't happen, but sometimes you'll pray something and it just so happens that that was going to work out anyway, and so you got what you prayed for. And then there are some people, now I know of, of some people like this, and maybe you do too, I hope you do, that they... It seems like when it comes to prayer, it never fails for them. Uh, and they may have a secret. Did you hear about the, the, the church researcher who, who went around? Apparently there was a man in Topeka, Kansas, and he, he wanted to write a book on churches all around the country. And so he started traveling. And he, 
<coughs> excuse me, he started by flying out to San Francisco, and he went to a, a, a big church there, and he took pictures wherever he went, and wrote down notes, and in one hallway in this big church, he spotted a golden telephone. And there was a sign above that phone that said $10,000 a minute. And so he went and found the pastor. He said, Pastor, what's with this golden telephone and the $10,000 a minute? And the pastor says, well, that's a direct line to heaven. And if you're willing to pay that cost, well, you can talk directly to God. And the man said, okay. And he thanked the pastor and, and continued on his way. He traveled to visit other churches. He went to Seattle and Denver and Boise and Milwaukee and Chicago and New York. On and on, all over the country, he visited churches all around the United States. And it seemed like in every state, he would find a church that had one of these golden telephones. And they all had that same sign, $10,000 a minute. And every time he asked, the pastor always said, yeah, that's a direct line to heaven. And if you pay that price, then you can talk to God. Finally, he went to Austin. And he went into a big church there, and lo and behold, sure enough, there's the golden telephone on the wall. But this time, the, re- the sign read, calls, 25 cents. And he was intrigued, and he went and found the pastor there, and he said, Reverend, I've been in cities all across the nation, and in each church I've, I've, that I found this golden telephone, they all had a sign that said $10,000 a minute. Why does yours say it's only 25 cents a call? To which the pastor smiled and said, Son, you're in Texas now. It's a local call. <laughs> so in my lifetime, I have met a handful of those Christians who seem to have a direct line to God. It's like they can pray and, and heaven unfolds. And it's, it's, like, it's like they're one of God's favorites. And whenever they ask for something, it just seems to happen. You know people like that? Those are the people that want to be your friends. That when you pray, things happen. And, and, and when you have something important to pray about, those are the people you call. Listen, I really, this is a big deal. Can you, can you pray with me? And, and those are the prayer warriors. There's the people that, that pray nonstop. And they pray about everything. If, if you sit down to coffee, they get on their knees and let's pray over this coffee before we drink it. And, and, and if you say, I hope you have a nice day, they say, well, let's talk to the Lord about that and pray for a nice day. Those people, those are the ones you call, the ones that are serious about it. And you know that they're, they're on their knees and they're talking to God all the time. But then for a lot of people, prayer, a lot of other people, prayer can seem pretty difficult at times. Especially when you're praying for something you know is a good thing. Something that, that, that you think God would want to happen and then it doesn't happen. And people wonder why. And I've heard lots of people ask, why doesn't God do this? Why didn't God heal that cancer? Why didn't he prevent that accident? Why did my family member get sick and die? And many of you probably remember when Jen and I were struggling with infertility and wanting to have kids, and we prayed for years. And we prayed, I don't know how many times we prayed, and sometimes it felt like we're just talking to the ceiling because we're going through all this, the, the motions with the doctors and nothing's happening. And how many of you have ever felt like that before? It's like I'm praying and nothing is going on. So does God really care? Are you doing something wrong? Like do we have to just jump through all the right hoops? What do you believe about prayer? When you pray and things don't happen or when you pray and things do happen, what, how does it affect your, your prayer life? Jesus said in our Scripture for today, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. 
That seems pretty simple and straightforward. But if it's really true, then why are all of us multimillionaires living in mansions and, and with servants to do the cooking and the cleaning? And why don't we all have perfect kids and perfect jobs and perfect marriages and, and perfect health? Why doesn't God just fix everything for us and take care of all our problems so that we have sunny, happy lives and, and never a care in the world? We can look at this prayer that Jesus is talking about and think, that just sounds way too easy. It never seems to happen for me. What's wrong? And, and many people will think, how many times have I asked God for something, something good, and, and I never got it? And I, you know, I, I would love to look at a verse like this and, and think that's exactly the way it happens. I just pray for whatever I want, and poof, it appears right in front of me. There may even be some people who've come across this passage when they were younger. And, and you know, you're reading the Bible and you read that and thought, that's a great verse. They're really positive about it. And they prayed a lot. And then they didn't get what they wanted. And, and they, over time, they changed their mind and got a little more jaded and pessimistic and unsure about whether prayer was really effective. And those of you smarties who have been paying attention on Sundays might wonder, wait, why do I even have to ask? Because didn't Jesus say in the last chapter that the Father knows what you need before you ask Him? And yes, he did say that just a page ago. And I'd like to say to you guys, good job paying attention. And then again, maybe there's a trick to prayer. Maybe we're just not doing it right. Maybe, maybe there's more to it. Like later on in Matthew, we'll hear Jesus say, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, then nothing will be impossible for you. As a matter of fact, you can tell a mountain to move and you can move whole mountains. And then in the chapter after that, Jesus will say, if two of you on earth agree about whatever you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. And then just a few chapters after that, we'll read, whatever you ask in prayer, if you believe, you'll receive. So maybe it's just a matter of getting all these little things that Jesus has given us lined up. And so we've got to have the faith of a mustard seed. We've got to really believe in it. We've got to get two other at least two people agreeing with us and then if we ask we'll receive we got to get all the things lined up at the same time in order to get your prayer answered like you know when you stick a key in and all the tumblers get lined up right and that's what opens the lock is that how prayer works for all these reasons a lot of people a lot of us have a difficult time simply taking what jesus is saying here at face value that you can just ask and receive like it's that easy and a lot of people think, well, how does that, why is it not working? But what's the problem? And, and so these various mental obstacles seem to keep getting in the way of how we view this kind of prayer. And I'm guessing we've all struggled with prayer before. That, that I know I have. There's many, many times it seems like when I'm praying, it's like I'm walking through a swamp and, and I'm fighting step by step through the mud and the muck and and hoping that there would be an end to the difficulties soon, calling out for help and, and not hearing it for an answer and tripping and falling and sinking deeper, wondering if I'd ever reach that solid ground. And, and prayer can be a, a, a tough discipline sometimes. I mean, it's called a discipline when we pray. And it can be hard. And yet, I never felt like giving up. I never felt like stop talking because God doesn't care. I never felt that. It always seemed worthwhile to keep praying anyway. And I guess if you read about Jesus, it wasn't always easy for Jesus either. In fact, the Bible tells us about one time 
when Jesus was, his prayer was so intense and so taxing that he sweat blood. So Jesus wrestled with prayer. If Jesus had to wrestle with prayer, you can expect that you and I are probably going to wrestle too, and that's okay. And yet he keeps telling us to pray. Don't give up. Keep praying. And he gives us instructions. Regular prayer should be the habit of any disciple. Constantly praying for everything. And we looked at the Lord's Prayer in the last chapter where Jesus told us, this is how you pray. And then again in this chapter, Jesus tells us, I want you to come to God like a child to a father. And, and he's teaching us to pray from this, this intimate relational connection to someone who really, really does care about us. And in fact, the whole lifestyle that Jesus is teaching in this sermon that we've been learning about for the number of weeks now, it's all in, about our relationship to God and to each other. And, and all the things that we do as disciples, whether it's praying or, or fasting or, or our giving and generosity, it's all meant to be done in this intimate connection with God, which is way different than the way most of the world views God. Most of the world views God as this, this character, this being that is untouchable and unreachable and, and standoffish and is looking for a chance to squash us when we mess up and that he, if you've got to do everything just right in order to make Him happy. And so we, at least we are supposed to view God way different than the world views God. We're not supposed to look at Him in this, as this other being way off far away from us. We're supposed to view Him as a Father who desires us to be close to Him, who wants a relationship with us, who wants to, to talk to us and, and care for us. And, and Jesus wants us to start looking at each other and even looking at the world through the eyes of God, through the love that God has. He wants us to start sharing that same sort of attitude and, and feeling. And, and this different kind of life that He's calling us into is meant to be lived out of that love and out of that relationship that when God pours into us, he, that's what equips us. That's what fills us up to go out and do the things He's asking us to do. That we can't love without God. We need to be filled up with His love and with His power in order to do the things that we're called to do for Him. And that's how we get recharged by God. That He fills us up with love and then we take that and we love other people. And, and then we have this living connection, this relationship with Him. So Jesus tells us, ask and you'll receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and you'll find that the door is open. And sometimes it works out like that, our prayers seem to, to be easy. At least, you know, I don't know what it's like for you, but sometimes when I pray, it's just that sometimes I feel like God just gives me the, the right words. And when I'm praying, I just know exactly what to say. And, it's, and things unfold and it works out perfectly. And, and the things that I'm praying for happen right away. I've, and I've heard other people, it's countless times when people have told me, you know, I really needed something. And God filled that gap so perfectly. I needed this exact amount of money and that exact amount of money showed up. A friend gave it to me or it came to me or whatever. I don't know how many times I've heard that. That God gave exactly what was needed at exactly the right time. And I've heard that uh, plenty of stories. I don't, I don't know how many, but I've heard a lot of stories where people told me that the doctors said that this was going to kill me or this was not, I was never going to walk again or whatever. And they 
beat the odds and they were able to walk or they were healed. I've told you about my own grandma who had cancer and the doctor said you've got a few weeks at most months to live. And she went on for another dozen years. And, and I'm sure you've all heard stories like that. And, and I have four kids now, even though my wife and her told it was impossible for her to get pregnant. So sometimes things work out even better than we thought. Other times it never really happens quite the way we imagined. We prayed for something and we get an answer and it's a good answer, but it's not quite what we were expecting. And, and the timing is always kind of a little weird. But it's like God answers the prayers, but it's in its own special way. And I remember, and this is a stupid thing to do, I think, and I wouldn't suggest it for anybody, but I remember when we were looking for a house. We had just got, we were getting married and we were looking for a house and uh, some friends at my old church said, we, he got transferred to a different location. He said, we'd like to sell you our house. I was like, okay, God, what should I do? Should I buy this house or not? I don't know what to do. It's a, it seems like a good deal. It seems like a good house. They're offering a, a pretty good price. What do I do? And, and God, of course, didn't give me an answer. So I said, all right, here's, here's the deal, God. I'm gonna open, I did like Gideon. I'm going to open the Bible at random, and I'm going to point at a chapter. And if that chapter has, or has the paragraph, if that paragraph has the word house in it, then I'll assume that you're saying yeah, I should buy the house. And if it doesn't have the word house, then I'll assume you're not saying. And I opened it up, and I pointed, and sure enough, that paragraph had the word house in it. And I thought, okay, maybe that's just a coincidence. Let's try it one more time, God. You know, like Gideon, let's, one more time. And I pointed at my finger, and sure enough, the word house was in that paragraph. Now, that could have been a coincidence, and I don't recommend that's how you ask God for answers to prayer, because it's kind of a stupid thing to do. But it worked. And it was, I mean, I was not quite as mature in my prayer life as I was. And so I did it, and it happened. And, and you know, sometimes God answers in weird ways, it seems. So... What about the times it doesn't, though? Because there have been plenty of times when I've asked for something and it didn't happen. And, and you wonder, is there something wrong with me, God? Am I not asking right? Am I doing it wrong? Have I somehow missed the point? Am I, am I too messed up? Have I sinned again and made you angry? And I heard a, a joke before that somebody, that God went, or that Job went to God and said, God, why are you letting all these terrible things happen to me? And God just said, Job, something about you just ticks me off. And you wonder, does God feel that way about me? And of course, that's not true. God loves us and cares about it. But you wonder, how can I pray the way Jesus is telling me to, to just ask and receive when it doesn't seem to work? Have you ever, when you've wrestled with prayer, have you ever given up? I just don't know what to pray. I just I can't do it. Prayer was obviously an important part of Jesus' life. And, and he looked, you know, and you watch him, follow him as he's going around with his disciples. He looked for those times when he could get away from the crowds and just have his, his one-on-one time with the Father. And, and, he, and he, you know, he wanted to be close to the Father. And a few weeks ago, we got some great instruction on, on how to pray when Jesus taught the disciples about the Lord's Prayer. And I really believe that's how Jesus prayed. You know, maybe not exactly this, the, you know, quoting the Lord's Prayer every time, but he was asking about, he's talking to God that way. He was looking for those things. And, and in that prayer, you know, when we read it, in, of course in a lot of churches across the land, it's, it's become this kind of mantra where people just, they, they repeat it, but it's lost its meaning. You just go through the words because you've, you've heard it so often, you read it so often, it's just, it doesn't mean anything anymore. It's just a tradition. 
which is bad. I think we really, it's good to pray that prayer, but we ought to pay attention and really say it from the heart. I think Jesus, when he prayed, it came out of his heart. It wasn't just repeating words. So now that Jesus is doubling up here on his fatherly relationship idea and telling us that praying to God is as easy as, as asking and receiving, a lot of people can start to get suspicious and even cynical about it. Well, it's not that easy, Jesus. And I think there are a few prevalent issues that can get us looking at prayer the wrong way. That because it doesn't always seem to work out, we, we get jaded, we get suspicious about it. And, and I think one of the problems is first that we, we can get a skewed image of the Father. That we can think of, of God in a way that we shouldn't think of God. And it can sometimes be difficult for people to really relate to God like a father whether it's because they had a bad relationship with their own earthly dad, so whenever they think of father, they've got this bad image of, of someone who's abusive or, or, or not loving. Or maybe it's because of the skepticism of our society and people just don't believe. And, and, and many people see God as this vindictive tyrant who'd rather curse than, than care. And then second, people don't really understand how prayer is supposed to work. They don't, you know, when it comes to prayer, they don't know how to do it. They didn't grow up in that tradition or they never really learned. And, and so they, they don't know, well, what kind of words are we supposed to use when we pray? What Should we pray as a group? Should we pray by ourselves? The Bible says go off in a, in a closet in secret. And the Bible talks about if you're sinful, God doesn't hear your prayers. So if you're sinful and you're asking God for forgiveness, how can He hear if He doesn't hear your sin? How do I do it? Or if God already knows what I need, like the last chapter... If he already knows what I need when I, when I think it, then what's the point of saying it? Do I really need to, to talk to God? And if God already has a plan for the future, if He's got things working the way He wants them to work, then will my prayers matter in God's plan? Like, is, does it really matter if I say something? Because God's going to do what He's going to do, right? So that's the, that's the second problem. First is the, the relational idea about the Father. The second is... I don't know how this works. And then the third is the people that have had bad experiences. Like when you ask for things that are important and you think that God would want that, that that's a good thing. You're praying for somebody to, to be healed. Or, or, but no matter how fervently or often you pray, those things just don't seem to happen. And so some people decide that, well, God just must not care about me. So these things happen and some people just give up. They get hurt, they get confused, and, and, and they feel alone. But in this passage in chapter 7, Jesus gives us, I think if we look deeper and keep it all in context, that it's simple and straightforward and yet there's this profound answers to the struggles that we deal with when we pray. First of all, Jesus doesn't just tell us to address God as Father. Like it's a title. You know, we always say God, which is a title. And we can say Father or Lord or whatever. And, and we've got these titles and it's just a word that we say and Jesus doesn't tell us, he's not, he doesn't just say put Father on there as a word. He tells us we can actually approach God the same way that we would approach a, a caring, compassionate dad. That the, when you go, you know, if you remember going to your dad when you were a little kid and asking for things, go to God like that, Jesus is saying. And someone who, he's, you know, think about God as someone who loves us. And it's not because we've done anything to earn his love, but simply because we're his. That a good dad loves their kids, not because they've been able to accomplish things, but they're my kids. Of course I love them. And that's the way God feels about us. And He wants to hear from us. 
And and still in chapter 7, in verse 7, he says, I'll read it again. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. He says, if you want something, all you got to do is ask. You seek God in prayer and when you knock on the door, you can be sure that God's going to say, come on in, door's open. I want you in here. In fact, my door is always open to you. And you can come in anytime you want. And I look forward to seeing you. And I look forward to hearing from you. And I look forward to giving you gifts and and taking care of you. And if you have any questions or attitude about the character of God when you pray to Him, Jesus makes it clear that God, of course God wants to help us. In verse 9 He says, Is there anyone among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or, if he asks for a fish, will you give him a snake? If you, then, although you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in Heaven give good good gifts to those who ask Him? Because all good fathers want to give good things to their kids. I mean, only even the evil fathers still want to give good gifts to their kids. I mean, there are some wicked people who are abusive, but... For the most part, any dad wants to take care of their kids. Even when our kids are, are little and it seems like all they do is ask, we still take care of them. When they can't give us anything in return, we still love them and we cherish them. When, they, when they're tiny and they really can't do anything much for themselves and all they can do is, is ask, pick me up so I can see, help me open this, will you, will you tie my shoe again? And, and every par- parent's favorite, can you wipe my butt? And we keep doing these things because it's gross and it's dirty, but we love our kids and we want to take care of them. My two-year-old is constantly asking for things. Fix this, please, because he broke it. Cut my apple. Open my cup. Put my shoes on. Carry me. He can't do anything for me. I do it all for him. And I keep doing it. Why? Because he's my kid. And I love him. And I'll keep doing it. Does a young child wake up in the morning? Those of you who are parents, do you, did your kids ever come into the room and tell you how much they missed you as the, as the night went by and, and how much they want to l- sit and listen to your instruction and your wisdom and do things to, to help you accomplish your goals? No. They come in and they say, can I have breakfast? And what do we do as parents? We give them breakfast. Why? Because they asked and we care about them. And remember, Jesus is talking to a hillside of poor people who don't have much, who are struggling to get by, but he knows that every parent out there, even though they don't have much money, they're still going to do right by their own children. Who in their right mind would give their kid a rock when they ask for a piece of bread? Nobody. Nobody acts like that to their kids. And why? Because we love our kids. So if we as earthly parents who are sinful and dysfunctional as we can be sometimes, do our we still do our best to care for our kids even though we're messed up. And we want to keep them healthy and keep them safe and and not give them dangerous things. Then how much better is God going to be at providing the things that we need? Way better, of course. And that's how we ought to see God. If you as as a parent on earth take care of your own kids, then obviously God is going to take care of us. God loves us as His own, and He wants to bless us. And it's not because we earned it, because we can pay Him for it, 
It's just because God is like any loving father who enjoys making his own kids smile. And, and God is not out to smash you or to catch you doing something wrong so that He can wipe you out. And we should try to keep that in mind when we ask Him for things, that we approach Him. God, can you help me? Because we know that He wants to help us. But what about all those times when you do ask and God doesn't give us what we ask for? Doesn't that conflict, you know, counteract this? Does that mean God doesn't care when He says no? And that question you can also ask from the perspective of a parent. There are, there are many times when my kids have asked for things and I have said no. Do you think that it's because I stopped caring about my kids? That I don't want to make them happy anymore? I've changed my mind about how I feel about them? Of course not. There are all sorts of good reasons that, a, that any loving parent will say no to their children. Right? A wise parent knows that sometimes that a, saying yes to everything can hurt a child. And that it's not healthy and it's not good to give them everything they ask for. You don't let them eat a whole bag of candy in one sitting because it'll make them sick. And they might not like you when you say no and you take it away, but you know it's good for them in the long run and that they'll be better off because of it. You, you don't let them watch that movie because it'll give them nightmares even though they saw the commercial on TV and it looks cool and you say no you can't watch that and you you say no to good things sometimes you can't have that apple right now why because we're going to have dinner soon and you're really going to like dinner and I don't want you to ruin your appetite a wise parent knows a whole lot more than a little kid and we often withhold or delay what they ask for because we know better than they do and, and even when we know they're not going to be happy about our answer, we still say no. And it's because we know that in the long run, it's going to be better for them. And they might not ever get it, but we know we're going to do it because it's for their own good. So children don't always have the capacity to know what's good. And, and we as parents have to make the hard choices for them, even when they don't like it. Yes, you need to eat all your vegetables. No, you may not play with the staple gun. And so we make those choices. And they might not like it, but we know it's going to be good for them. So God, being the wisest Father of all, does the same thing for us. And we don't always know why God says no. Because we don't have His wisdom and we don't have His understanding. But we can trust that as a good and loving Father, He's doing what's good for us. And in the long run, we will see that He really did have our best interests at heart. So do our prayers actually matter to God? Does, does it change anything? Does He actually do anything or respond? Or was He just going to do what He was going to do anyway? It's a good question. Remember a chapter ago that Jesus said God knows what we need even before we ask Him. So does that mean it's pointless to ask? Well, Jesus said just the opposite. When we read that chapter, He said, Your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Therefore, pray. He knows what you need, so pray. And then he, he taught the Lord's Prayer. Even though God knows what you need, I want you to keep praying. And I think, like any good dad, God doesn't just want to be a, a bending machine where we go you know, put in your prayer and you get what you want. That's not what God wants us to, to, to the way we want, He wants us to look at Him. He wants a relationship with us. That's the whole idea. And, and so all the gifts and the blessings 
They're meant to enhance that relationship. They're meant to, to fill it out. And so he's, he's prepared. He's got blessings for it. He knows what we need. He's got that stuff. And it's like he's holding it in his hand behind his back, just waiting for us to ask, looking forward to us approaching him and connecting to him so that he can bring out that gift that he's been waiting to give. I've done that as a dad. You know that the kid's going to ask for it. You've got it ready. And they say, Dad, can I have a, oh, you got it for me. And that's, God does the same thing. He wants that relationship. He wants that connection. The point isn't just to give us stuff. The point is to have a relationship with us. And it goes even deeper with that. If you look at the Bible as a, as a whole, you can see that the whole thing is about God wanting a relationship with us. From cover to cover. It's all about God seeking to connect with us as His children and and His creation. And that's what God is working on from from start to finish. And He has specific plans and promises that He's told us about. He hasn't revealed everything, but He says, this is what I'm aiming towards. And He he talks about times, the the day of the Lord and things He's planning to work out. And He says, these things are going to come to pass. And He tells prophets, this is what's going to come to pass. So God has His plans and he's going to make sure they work out. And we can trust that because we've seen all through history God is steadfast and he never gives up and he never quits. But at the same time that God has his plan worked out, he has to allow us to make our own choices, even if it goes against his desires, because it's the only way for us to have a real relationship. And I'll explain that. If, if I spend my children's entire lives forcing them to do what I want, then we're never really going to be close. If I make them do what I want at every turn, then we're not going to have a very good relationship. I, I have no control over the fact that they are individuals with their own minds to make up. Of course, at first, you know, when kids are little, they have very little freedom. We tell them everything that they need to do because they don't know much. They can't do much. And so we tell them. But, but you don't want it to be like that forever. You want your kids to grow up and learn. I want them to learn and to grow. And then I'm doing my best to teach them to be able to think for themselves and make wise decisions and be good people with good hearts so that when they're ready, they can go out into the world and, and they can live well and be good people and make up their own minds to do good things even when they even when they're on their own, even when they don't have me to tell them what to do all the time. I want them to be able to do it by themselves. But if I don't ever give them the freedom to do that, to make up their own choices, then instead of sharing a relationship like a loving father and and being a teacher and an encourager, then I'd be more like a prison warden or a commanding officer. This is what you're going to do. And I don't care what you think. This is what you're going to do. Even when they're 18 or 20 or 30, this is what you're going to do. So you you have to give them freedom if you want to have a relationship. They have to be able to go out and make their own choices and decide what they're going to believe and what who they're going to love. And, and, and it's the same thing for ourselves. If we choose for ourselves whether or not to love God, if we're free to choose for ourselves whether or not to love God, then... We can have a relationship. But if we're not free, if God doesn't give us the choice on whether or not to love Him, then we can't actually love Him. If He makes us do one or the other, if He he, puts in our mind that we have to love God, then we're machines. 
Or if he puts in our mind that we can't love God. We're machines and we're just robots following our programs. And in the same way, if our, if our prayers don't actually matter to God, if God tells us to pray but it doesn't really make a difference to, if, on the, in the impact his decision making, then it's almost like he becomes a robot. If, if our words never matter to God, if God's just going to do what he's going to do, then you don't really have a relationship. If he doesn't really care about the words that we're... we're our hearts that we're bringing to him, then it's either he's, a, he's like a machine or he's like a tyrant. And he's going to do what he's going to do and, and it doesn't matter what we say. But it's not, he just, that's not what he tells us to do. That's not the way he acts all through Scripture. Jesus reminds us what the Bible tells over and over and over again, Old and New Testament, that God really does care about us and he cares about our hearts and he wants that connection and he wants that relationship. So our matters, our hearts, what we pray to Him, it absolutely matters. And so therefore, yes, definitely pray. Ask. If you don't ask, of course you're not going to receive. So ask. He wants, you, he wants to answer our prayers. He might not give you everything because He's a good and wise Father and He knows what's good for us and He wants to take, take care of us. So sometimes He'll say no the same way your own dad wouldn't let you eat ice cream for every meal. No, you can't do that. So remember that when God says no, there are bigger things at play and He has your best interests at heart even though you don't understand it. Even though you might not like it at the time. But keep asking because God cares. And if you ask, God will give you what you need even over and above what you need. I'm sure all of us can remember times when we've been blessed beyond what we needed. But if you don't ask, if you choose and God gives you the freedom to choose, if you choose not to have that relationship and not to ask, then He gives you the freedom to go your own way. That way, when you decide, if you decide that you do want a relationship, it's a real love. A free, given and received love. So keep asking. Even when it's a struggle. Even when it's hard. Even when you don't get what you want. Don't give up. Because your Father in Heaven loves you. Even when you don't understand it and things don't look right, keep asking. Remember what Jesus asked for right before He was arrested and killed? He said, Father, if, it, if you can, if there's any other way, let this cup pass. Remember that? If there's, if there's any way to accomplish this mission, God, without me being tortured and killed, I'd rather do it that way. Because who wouldn't? I mean, nobody wants to be tortured and killed. So it makes perfect logical sense for Jesus to say, God, if there's any other way, I'd rather not have to be whipped and beaten and spit on and have my beard ripped out and be cursed and cajoled and then hung on a cross to die. I'd really rather not have to go through that. So if there's any other way, God, can we do it that way? And yet, at the same time, I would still have, rather have your will than mine. So, I trust you. And I believe in you, Father. Jesus in the, is in the garden with us. When we're struggling, when we're asking God for something and God is saying no, Jesus is with us. He has been there. He knows what it feels like. He sweat drops of blood. He understands that it can be hard and life is not always easy and we don't always get what we want. 
And when we go through that, we can think about Jesus. He went through it too. He was with us and He understands. And yet He says, keep on praying. Don't give up. Keep working forward. It's worth it because your Father loves you. When Jesus asked God, hey, can you let this cup pass? And, and God said, no, you got to drink this cup. And He was tortured and killed on the cross. Did that mean that the Father stopped caring about Him? Did God not hear Jesus when He prayed? Was Jesus not asking the right way or doing the right things to get His prayer answered? Was Jesus too sinful? Did Jesus not have enough faith? Was God being a tyrant or a robot and it really didn't matter what Jesus prayed? Of course not. Jesus is one with the Father. They're on the same page. They care about the same things. Jesus is God in the flesh. And this unique relationship of love shared within the Trinity has existed for all eternity. And they've never been of different minds. That God, you know, God wouldn't argue with Himself. They've always agreed and always been on the same page. And if Jesus didn't think it was worth it praying to God that it didn't matter, then He wouldn't have bothered wasting His time if it didn't actually make a difference to the Father. So He prayed because He knew that the Father cared. And He wanted us to see that. That even when things don't work out, doesn't mean God doesn't care about you. It doesn't mean He's not listening. It doesn't mean that, you, that your prayer is useless. Jesus went through it. Keep praying because God cares. Even though He didn't get what He asked for at the time, do you think things still worked out okay in the end? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, it was tough. It was hard. It was rougher than anything probably any of us will ever go through. And because of that, He has won countless hearts and minds and souls. And and He trusts who the Father is. Do you think that Jesus would want to go back and change the way things happen? No, of course not. Not for a second, because now, thanks to Christ's death and resurrection, all of us have the opportunity to find forgiveness for our sins and also have a relationship with the Father. And that's what, that's what God was working on the whole time. So be like Jesus. Even when it's hard. Even when it's a struggle. Even when you don't always get what you want for. Keep praying and trusting that God loves you and wants you to keep coming to Him. Even when He says no. Ask and you'll receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will open. And if you keep trusting in Him, you will see that He, God, will work out everything for your good in the end. Sound good? Let's pray. God, we thank You so much that You do care. Yeah, life is hard and we don't always get what we want, but we trust You, God. We trust that You really do care about us. And I know that, the, that we've all struggled here in our prayers and there's times when we, we you know, maybe even people that, who doubted that You cared because we didn't get what we wanted. So God, I pray that for all those people, for all of us who are going through the hard times, that we'd not forget that you really do care, that we really do matter, that your heart is for us and you want a relationship. And, and when you say no, even though we don't understand why and, and it seems like we're asking for a good thing, that in the end, we know that you will cause all things to work together for the good of those who love you because you love us. 
So God, be with us. Help us to never give up faith. Help us to keep praying and to keep connecting with you just like Jesus did. And remember that that Jesus is with us and he did this for us. And we thank you for that. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.